And well, I, I mean, I'm just not convinced. You're not convinced. I, I, I just don't know that that's. You're not convinced at no, all. I'm not. Not. Well, um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Leo Wester. Joining me. Are you putting on a posher voice than usual? Yeah, I was for a <laughs> second there. I don't know why. <laughs> Gentlemen, <laughs> is that because of how austere our theme tune is? <laughs> Incredibly austere, austere, austere to the point of satirical. We we requested austere, and by God, did we get it? We got austere. <laughs> anyway, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Leo West. Uh, joining me is notorious wearer of burgundy, Rob Fribston. Hello, mate. Uh, do I wear a lot of burgundy? You do. Am I wearing burgundy right now? You really do are. Do you consider this to be burgundy? Well, okay, is that not burgundy? Have you ever seen me wearing burgundy before? That hoodie. That's true, that hoodie <laughs> that everybody owns. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Is that burgundy? I always thought of burgundy as being darker than that. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to find Do you not consider that sweater there, burgundy? The sweater? No. This is a t-shirt. Sorry, I can't see because it's under the sweater. <laughs> well, you can see part of it. <laughs> It's not all sweater covered. Rob, what are we talking about today? My sweater. <laughs> In great detail. We're talking about Tower Bridge. Exciting episode. The Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge. <laughs> yes. Tower Bridge. Are you a fan? So, of- London Bridge. <laughs> We're gonna- for, for the listener, Rob just pointed at me I, as if he was about to call me out to a WWE match. I levelled an accusing finger at Leo because, as he well knows, <laughs> there is a common, insidious misconception regarding the names of London Bridge. I would call it insidious. In- insidious is a yeah, it's a good word for it. Thanks, mate. That's why no I works. used it. <laughs> I used it informally. <laughs> no, we are not talking about London Bridge. I dare say we will in a future edition talk about probably. London Bridge. I like London Bridge, so well, I mean, probably... to be honest, we could probably do a, an episode about each one of the London Bridges across history, mm. but mm. I, I, I probably, I imagine we won't. Anyway, we're talking about Tower Bridge. Now, so to kick off here, folks, for anyone who isn't aware, uh, we're talking about uh, the bridge that, with, the, with the very famous design, probably the most iconic bridge across the Thames in London. It's got the two towers, it's got the central raising bascules. I'm talking to the listener, Leo. Okay, well, you're looking me in the eye. Put your posh voice back on. You're looking me in the eye. (laughs) Is that better? That is much better, yeah. We're going to pretend the listener is off to our right and we'll do a sides to them. I've averted my gaze from Leo and he now seems much more comfortable. He's he's sat back down. He's, 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 He's put the cricket bat away. So, you have no idea how relevant that is to my own personal history. Now, Tower Flipping Bridge, not London Bridge. Tower Lifting Bridge. And we'll we'll get <laughs> We'll get we'll come back to all these things. Tower Bridge. Now, Tower Bridge, do you know uh, when it was built? Uh, 123 years ago this year. That's when it opened. 
Is oh, okay. Years. Sorry, yeah. It was between. So what was it? The eighteen sixties? No, later than that. We're talking the eighteen eighties and nineties. Eighteen eighties. So and basically, 90s. by the end, by by the sort of last quarter of the of the uh, the eighteen hundreds, the nineteenth century, uh, increased traffic uh, around the East End had, had put a, basically just too much pressure and there was too much traffic flow on the existing bridges. So they they decided that the best thing to do ultimately was to build a new one. So in eighteen seventy seven. They were all about their infrastructure, the Victorians. Absolutely. In 1877, a committee was set up, which had, I think, the rather charming name of... Was it the Strand Bridge Company? No, but it was... No, but here's the thing. In a way, it's it's even odder. They They were, I think, a little bit hedging their bets... I think they took a message from the Strand Bridge Company because the Strand Bridge Company had obviously decided not only what they were going to build but what it was going to be called and as we know they were thwarted and banished to a hollowed out volcano in Edinburgh. Yeah, that's all it's, that is all established, listener, if, if you're confused, uh, in our episode on Waterloo Bridge. So in order to be a little bit more vague... Do you know what this committee was called? Go on. The Special Bridge or Subway Committee. (laughs) Even the title of the committee made it clear that they were not nailing their colours to any particular master. They had no idea what they were doing. All all we know, folks, is that we're going to get people from here to here. That's the thing. They might as well have just called it, somehow we're going to cross this river committee. I don't think I don't think we're even really well into being a committee, quite frankly. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it reads to me with a question mark at the end. Absolutely. The special the bridge, special or, bridge subway or subway committee. committee? <laughs> now, in actual fact, the odd thing is there was a subway there at this time. Right. Yeah. Because... Tower subway. Yeah, the the London Underground way predates uh, Tower. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but so Tower Subway uh, started in eighteen seventy. It was originally an underground railway. Then they shut that down and reopened it as a pedestrian tunnel. Oh right, foot tunnel. Okay, but it had a toll. It was I think one penny. You've got to pay the toll exactly to get into the the Tower Subway. Yes. And then by 1898, by this time Tower Bridge is up and running, and nobody was using the subway because why would they? Um, because there's a bridge yeah, exactly so, so the bridge didn't have a toll no there was no toll for the bridge ok because um, they did put a toll on some of the bridges we've discussed that absolutely before. yes including Southwark Bridge uh, had a toll oh, at one really? point uh, Waterloo Bridge originally did as well the, 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 we'll come back to the race walkways but um, yes they, the, the, it's still there Tower I'm, Subway I'm really sorry but did you just say we'll, we'll come back to the race war the raised walkways oh the raised walkways because okay. I don't think they had a a, a toll on the raised walkways because obviously the original point of the raised walkways was that pedestrians could still walk across the bridge even when the bascules were up right but I believe there was no toll for it but you can't do that today right you, the raised walkways are not just walkways no today. but we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 come, we'll come back to that so okay they're, I trust you. So they shut. So they basically shut it down as a, a pedestrian subway in 1898. But it is still there, used as a water main, so it does still exist. Oh, okay. Just in case you were wondering, I, th- I figured I was you might ask. No, I which was is why wondering. I made sure to find out. What to do with it. <laughs> I knew you'd ask. Now. Uh, it ended up being a design competition because not only oh. could they, because they, they, I, I say, massively hedged their bets. Not only could they not decide, even in the name of the committee, what they were going to build, they were like, couldn't decide who to do. Um, can you? Why don't you guys send us in your ideas? <laughs> So they did. Over 50 designs were submitted. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, including uh, by uh, some by Sir Joseph Bazalgette. Really? You remember him? And he didn't win. He did not win. Because, do you know who won? 
By Horace Jones. Horace Jones, indeed. Now, Horace Jones, uh, as of 1864, he was the architect and surveyor to the city. So he was the city of London's architect. Yeah, because I know he built also built uh, the old Billingsgate Fish Market mm-hmm. building. Yeah. He also used to be president of the Royal Institute of British Architects. Oh, well. did he? Okay. So a big deal in the architecture world. Yeah. So he was. Do you know who I am? So he was in fact on the panel of the judging competition. Hang yeah. On, <laughs> so yeah. he was one of the judges. He was one of the judges of the competition that he won. Did he vote for himself? Uh, no, he voted for the dog act where they had the extra dog. <laughs> uh, was it three dogs? It was th- uh, three dogs, yeah. Three exactly. dogs. Um, whether or not he specifically voted for himself, I don't know whether he was allowed to do that, but he certainly, his design was the one that was chosen. Some of the other designs, if you see them, you can see images of them. They've got some of the Tower Bridge exhibition as well. Some of them were genuinely, like, kind of... Very outlandish designs. Right, okay. I didn't know where that sentence was going. <laughs> there were some very outlandish designs submitted. Some real, some real wacky shit. Okay. But presumably Joseph Bazalgette submitted something... I think his were fairly straightforward. Fairly but, useful. You know, there were, there were suspension bis- bridges, there were bascule bridges, there were swinging bridges. Because Did they specifically request a bascule bridge? No. All they requested was a bridge that could allow, when, when, when necessary, taller ships to pass through because they needed tall sailing ships to have access to, to the, the docks to, to the docks and indeed the old Billingsgate fish market which yeah. we've already mentioned yeah. is uh, further up river absolutely than, than Tower Bridge so the area between London Bridge and, and what then became Tower Bridge is a key part of the pool of London the, the harbour the docks etc so they needed tall ships to be able to get in there which is why it was one of the conditions of the design contest was they needed to allow it in. You asked a moment ago, did they specifically ask for a bascule bridge? Don't forget, this is the special bridge or subway committee. <laughs> okay. They, they were very few stipulations. <laughs> they, they knew nothing. They were like, how would you let the ships get past? <laughs> so how many subways were submitted? I don't know. Actually, no, some of them were subways. Yeah. In terms of the overall line, at least one or two of them were actually subways. I was going to say, the but clues it was, in the committee But it was title. overwhelmingly bridges. bridges yeah. Right. So everybody was like, uh... <laughs> forget the subway part. Also, there was already a subway there. <laughs> Let's not forget. Okay, fair Just enough. build another subway. So yeah, over 50 submissions. Now, it took them a while to choose one. Because bear in mind that the committee set up in 1877. They didn't choose a design until 1884. So maybe, maybe Horace Jones was sort of bashfully going, well, we, we can't choose this one. This one just so happens to be mine. I don't... <laughs> and he got talked into it. Anyway, in 1884, they decided his was the one. Or maybe it took him that long to whip the votes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other part of it. <laughs> He was knighted for it, though. Oh, you like Joseph Bazalgette's one, do you? It's very plain, isn't it? <laughs> he got knighted as well. No, he so got the, knighted. So he became Sir Horace Jones for the bridge. Well, here's the thing, right? So the, the mm-hmm. bridge ultimately took eight years to build. They started it in... Ultimately. 1886. Well, because they wanted to do it in four years, but it ended up taking eight. But here's, a, here's a, the sad thing I didn't know. So the bridge was built between 1886 and 1894. Horace Jones gets knighted in 1886, and then he died the following year. Oh. So he never lived to see Tower Bridge He never finished. saw it finished? No, he died in 1887. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, that's sad. But he was, um, he was in conjunction with a, a man called John Wolfe Barry, who also got knighted afterwards. Yeah. Uh, um, largely, I think, due to, to Tower Bridge. Oddly enough, um, Wolfe Barry was in a kind of partnership at the time with uh, Henry Mark Brunel, the son of uh, Isambard Kingdom Brunel. 
Ah. Well, for uh, fans. Bit of a step down from Isambard Kingdom to Henry Mark. Yeah, because those are both right. names. <laughs> those are both normal yeah, names. Those are both actual names. <laughs> Maybe he felt so cursed by Isambard Kingdom. Like, <laughs> no, we're going to call him Henry Mark. He was like, give the bar some normal sound and names. <laughs> what? That's what? how he spoke. Why is That's this? how he spoke. Hang on. Why was Isambard Kingdom Brunel a Texan oil baron? Okay, right. Like, we're, we're not uh, with the boy. <laughs> Give him some, give him some regular is this, ass names. Is this your villain from Wild Wild West? Is that what it is? Because that's what it sounds like. So the Kenneth Branagh, what's it, Doctor Arliss Loveless? Yeah, that's it. Oh, I knew man. you'd know. That's an amazing film. <laughs> it's a ridiculous. Film. I lo- my favorite, my favorite bit. Well, there's many. There's so many great things about the movie, but there's a bit where one of his glamorous female assistants is looking through a periscope and is like. I have a great view, Dr. Loveless. And then it cuts to <laughs> Branner just staring at her ass and going, as have I! <laughs> it's, how, uh, Kenneth, uh, how, Kenneth Branner. How, I mean, he's having fun. You can't, <laughs> no one can question the fact that he's having a lot of fun. <laughs> Some of the cream of the crop of English acting. He loves to play the fool, doesn't he? Gilderoy Lockhart as well, of course. He mucked around in that one quite Yes. Nice. Anyway... Oh, Harry Potter, I am quite the celebrity. What better way to spend attention than you know, signing my, re- responding to my fan mail? I am Kenneth Branagh. What are you doing? I know he puts on the British accent all of the time. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, I can't even I, react to I, this. I'm just surprised he's never been cast as his embarking Because <laughs> they've got the same voice, mate. Now then. So... The then Sir Horace Jones sadly passed away in 1887. A man called George D. Stevenson, no relation, uh, took <laughs> over the bridge. <laughs> no relation to who? To the railway magnate oh, right, okay. of Stevenson's rocket. Um, yeah, George D. Stevenson. Uh, and he actually changed it a bit because they'd originally planned it to have a brick facade. Right. And it was George D. Stevenson who changed it to look like the town. To the Victorian Gothic style. Neo-Gothic, yeah. Is it Neo-Gothic? I don't yeah. know. I don't, architecture's not That's fine. He changed it to make it look like the tower, basically. Yeah. So the brick is still there. Although he inside. didn't do a particularly good job because most of the tower is pre-Gothic. Well, quite. But anyway. But that it's was the best he idea. could do. Yes, uh, exactly. I mentioned it, t- t- it took eight years. So in actual fact, it was it, the foundation stone was laid and the opening was carried out by the Prince of Wales at the time. Ah. Who would go on to become Edward VII. My, ah. my birthday in 1841. As you've already mentioned, yeah. stop harking on about your birthday, mate. I haven't even said what date it is, so it's, <laughs> it's hardly an advert. So he laid the foundation stone on the 21st of June, 1886, and uh, the official opening uh, took place almost exactly eight years later, the 30th of June. 1894, with much pomp, much ceremony, people crowding around to see it. They had a, a gun salute fired from the tower. Twelve steamboats accidentally right hit tower, tower Bridge, and that's yeah, why whole thing fell down. That's why it's not there now. <laughs> that's why no, that's why the construction was like double the time. <laughs> Herbert Morrison broke a bit off it. <laughs> exactly, Herbert Morrison leant on the wall. Now Herbert Morrison was he he wasn't allowed to attend the opening. Of course, uh, it was the cannon that broke the entire <laughs> bit off. Also, I'm not sure he was born. <laughs> no, no, no. Is he also immortal? Like Herbert you Morrison and the Queen? is is immortal. There can only be three. Do you know what? Do you know what kind of materials and, and amounts of material were involved in building it? Uh, no, but I really, really hope you do. 
Thanks, mate. <laughs> well, you're in luck. <laughs> so the piers they initially sank to support it, 70,000 tonnes of concrete, uh, 11,000 tonnes of steel, uh, 22,000 litres of paint, and 31 million bricks. Now, that's 31 million bricks to construct Tower Bridge, or 4,295 bricks to build it out of Lego, which, as we all know, is therefore a ratio of 7,218 to 1. My hurt. I just hurt. Have you seen the Lego Tower Bridge? Pretty good. It's, quite, it? it's How... quite expensive. It's like over 200 quid for the set. Yeah, but, like, obviously it's not to scale. No, hence why it's only got 4,295 pieces. Right, okay. But by Lego standards, it's pretty big. Right. Do you know how much it cost to build Tower Bridge? Uh, five pence. It's a good guess. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not I'm a good going guess. By, I'm going by prices right rules. <laughs> <laughs> it is higher than that. Okay. <laughs> it was uh, £1,184,000, which, um, which nowadays is going to be equal to about, I think, about £120 million now. Okay. £120 million. That's, you know, that's a lot of money. 432 builders took to construct the thing. Now, obviously, it's a, it's a combination of different types of bridge. Basically, it's part suspension bridge, yeah. part bascule bridge. Can you, can you say bascule? Bascule. 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 Yeah, uh, bascule it... from the French word for seesaw, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So for anyone who can't picture it or doesn't know, a bascule bridge, of which this was the biggest and most sophisticated in the world at the time of its completion. Was? Uh, yes. I, I believe it's not anymore, but it wasn't. Okay. The, the two sort of hinged arms, the bascules themselves, lift. I really wish apart. you wouldn't say it like that. To, to allow tall ships in, like you said. To allow tall ships in, yes, absolutely. We'll talk a little bit more about the bascules later on. Um, we better not for your face's sake. And then that was the bridge. So, it, so <laughs> And then that was the bridge. Well, at the, at the north side, the road that had been known as Iron Gate is now, is now what's called Tower Bridge Approach. And on the south side, what was uh, Horsley Down Lane is now Tower Bridge Road. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't the colours it is today initially, no. right? The suspension parts yeah. were originally kind of chocolate brown colour. Chocolate brown? Chocolate brown. Specifically, what percentage cocoa? 40. Okay, okay. I don't, okay. I don't quite know brown. That, I don't know what that means. It's quite dark, <laughs> quite dark. But yes, no, they were repainted. They are, if you are not aware, they are currently red, white and blue. Mm -hmm. The colours of the Star Spangled Banner. I actually had an American say this to me the other day. Is that I mentioned that Tower Bridge was red, white and blue and they were like, oh, why have they stolen our colours? And it was like, um... <laughs> That's, that's ridiculous. Red, white, and blue. Like everyone, oh, like red, white, and blue is obviously the colours of the French flag. Yeah, that's why Tower exactly. Bridge is based well, on that Well, I, I was actually going to go with the Netherlands, but um, either but, way. Yeah, but then Luxembourg pipped them to the bit as yeah. well. So. Yeah. Each corner of the bridge is based after a different international and let's not, red, white, and blue flag. Let's not forget Malaysia. No. Or Cuba. Oh. Um, or Japan. Just if you take the blue out. If you take the blue out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, if we're doing that, you've got Malta, you've got Poland. Sweden? Sweden is blue and yellow. Oh, well, I've messed that up. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Switzerland. Denmark is red and, red and white? Switzerland, because there's... Is the, red and white? There's yeah. the, the old joke. What's the best thing about living in Switzerland? The flag's a big plus. Oh, that's awful. Have <laughs> <laughs> you not heard that? No, I like joke. that. I like that. Um... Yes, no, they were paid. So in 1977, which yeah. was, of course... The Queen's Silver Jubilee, God save the Queen! 25 years, sir! God save the Queen, Rule sir! Britannia, sir! 
where did that come from? I don't know. I have no idea. But... I don't know. I think we, we, it's from a couple of episodes ago where we were being very... We became... We were being, we were being very British. We became se- uh, 18th century patriots there for a second. We're just people who like a cat's eye. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, painted red, white, and blue, indeed. The colours, as we all know, of the Union... Flag slash Jack. <laughs> flag slash Jack. Flag slash Jack. Flag slash Jack. Exactly. Union flag. Now, it's a very famous and iconic design nowadays. Yeah, But of it course, wasn't yeah. always popular at the time. Uh, that people does not surprise me. I always like it. A man called H.H. H. Statham, father of Jason... Uh, <laughs> Is he actually? He, he was writing about it in 1916 and he said uh, that it represented the vice of tawdriness and pretentiousness. Well, it did, it did lend itself to a certain uh, clientele for a period, didn't it? Well, yes, that's right. We said we'd talk about the raised walkways. Now, yeah. there are raised walkways above the bascules. Now, of course, when the bascules are raised... No traffic can, can drive over the bridge. Again, we'll talk more about that in a short while. <laughs> I think I know where that's going. But originally, the raised walkways meant that pedestrians could cross up on the top walkways while the bascules were up. Because bear in mind, nowadays, the bascules raise, on average, somewhere in the region of a thousand times a year. But they used to be raised much, much more than that. Yeah, the in river the, used to be a lot busier. Yes, in the yeah. first year that it was open, it said that the, the Tower Bridge raised over 6,000 times. Whoa! In the, in the space of just the first year that it was open. Oh my god! Yeah, it used to be all the time. Hence why it was much more important. Throughout for, the winter for, as well, that would have been. Yeah, hence why it was much more important for people to be able to get across. Right. But we were talking about. We, you, I was trying to lead you on to the clientele. Ah, of the race walkways. Of the race walkways. Yes, well, there were two main uh, types of people who would uh, frequent the raised walkways pedestrians. All right, three. But they, all, but they all start with a P, which is helpful. Oh, well, God. It's, it's the big three. Pedestrians, prostitutes and pickpockets. <laughs> and patrons of the prostitutes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, no, people would, take, uh, people would, would sort of take advantage of those walkways and, and the traffic along them to uh, solicit... Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 solicit. Uh, solicit. Just a, say solicit. Solicit a means a, by which they could... Um, be, be, yeah. uh, people uh, know after, what you mean. Uh, Just say solicit. They might be able to... You don't need um, to... exchange for a kind of monetary Yeah, sum. no, everybody knows to, what uh, a prostitute is. Uh, they might be able to achieve a selling se- sex achieve for a money, sense of, uh, a sense of a sense of of gratifying completion in exchange for a for a monetary sum. To Just stop. Thank you, prostitutes. Prostitutes. <laughs> so, what was the reaction to this? They closed them. Oh. In 1910, they closed the walkways. They didn't take them away, obviously, but they closed them. Did and was was the traffic, the river traffic, significantly reduced? It had gone down a little by then, right? But basically, people just had to wait. People, pedestrians as well, had to wait for the for the for the, for the to raise and to lower. Uh, again, we'll talk more about the raising bascules uh, later, a little bit later on. Well, we're halfway through now, mate. They are now reopened, of course, the, as Tower Bridge Exhibition, the, the museum element. And they are also open as v- available for private functions and things as well. And you can see part of the original machinery, because the original machinery that raised the, the bascules, <laughs> which weigh, let's not forget, over a thousand tonnes each. You know what, I had forgotten that. It used to be raised by steam-powered hydraulics. Which is incredible if you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Like, for all the ridiculous things that the Victorians did, they knew how to build things and engineer things. They did. Yes, absolutely. And even then, it didn't take long 
you know, probably not maybe about a minute and a half to get the Baskers into their into their up position. It wasn't wasn't long at all. Which meant that the uh, the steam engines must have been like pretty quick to turn on. To well, they had hydro. I don't know hydraulics, but they had something called hydraulic accumulators. Well, I don't. Which know. I think I, I, have, I, I have no idea about okay. engineering. It was quick, mate. But, what, but yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, but then they modernised the whole thing. But it was—it didn't—it wasn't substantially modernised until 1974. What do you mean by substantially modernised? I believe they introduced a third engine at some point in between. They oh, you mean the lifting engine? The lifting, the lifting mechanism. Right, yeah. right, yeah. But in 1974, they uh, made it an electro-hydraulic system, which yeah. and they now use oil instead of water as the hydraulic fluid. I don't—I I, apologise in advance if this is going to be one of your facts. Do you know how many people in the world are qualified to open Tower Bridge? Well, I, I, I. I I, we might as well go to that now. So I actually I don't know and, and haven't ever found a, a, a definitive answer of exactly how many people are employed in the day-to-day running of the bridge. But at the very least, there's the bridge master yeah. and uh, I believe six technical officers, all of whom are allowed to drive the bridge, as they put it. So yeah. the six technical officers on, who, on a regular basis, open the bridge. Yeah, Although only six. <clears throat> although I believe everybody who's involved, who's, who is a staff of the bridge as a kind of perk of the job, is allowed to raise it at least once during the time of, right, of working okay. there. So I believe it's, it's basically, I think it's essentially three buttons and a lever. <laughs> okay. There's a button. A safety release, the gate's coming down. Well, there's, well, there's the button which kind of sends out the, the loudspeaker warning that, oh. to everyone to get away from the machinery. Get away! Get away! <laughs> yeah, he just does that. <laughs> it's really confusing. Step back! Get away! <laughs> The second button close, rate, lowers the, the gates, closes it off the traffic and everything. The third button releases the four bolts that, right. that hold the bascules in place. And then there is a lever to uh, raise the bascules into position. Sure. And presumably there is like a given speed that you should... I mean, I know I keep coming back to this because uh, I harped on this on the London Eye as well. Like, yes. Presumably there is too fast. But, here, but here's the thing. So apparently they can get them up in 61 seconds. And I reckon somebody's surely kicking themselves over that one second. <laughs> surely. Gone 61 in, seconds. Gone in 61 seconds. Uh, which is why we're on the staff. Uh, I really like the fact that when they originally opened the, the Tower Bridge, they had at that point uh, 80 staff. Um, and the bridge master and the resident engineer actually lived in the towers. But they employed two people, two entire people, whose only job was to clean the horse <laughs> off the bascules. Because, <laughs> of course, when they raised, the oh, go everywhere. No. <laughs> so two people's job was to just keep it swept as horse muck at all I times. Had never, that had never occurred to me. Yeah. That, of course, there would be an absolute... Shit load of shit. <laughs> Absolutely. On the bascules. Good, fun, isn't it? good yeah. clean fun. The bascules, by the way, um, the maximum they can raise to is 86 degrees. So wow. almost vertical, but not quite. Okay. And I didn't realise this, but they don't always raise them fully. No, no, they no. They only no, raise not. them as much as they need to yeah. for the relevant ship to get past. Yeah. The only... The, I, you probably have this... As a follow-on, but the only time that they absolutely uh, that they tend to break that rule is when the queen, uh, the monarch is. Yeah, see, I had, I had, yes, I have heard that, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything to verify whether it was true. There are, there are photos of the queen's barge going below Tower Bridge, and it is a barge, not a tall ship. But the thing is, like, at 86 degrees. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you verified that, because I, I fa- found that some of that, I couldn't verify it. But yeah, I believe if, it, if the monarch is on board the ship, they will raise it to 86 degrees, regardless of how big the ship is. Yeah, because it's run by the Navy, right? 
Well, I mean, it's it, it was the, currently the, just on a sidebar. It was built by Bridge House Estates, which is a, a charitable trust who basically have London Bridge, Blackfriars Bridge, Southwark Bridge, Millennium Bridge, and Tower Bridge. Oh right! They, they acquired Southwark Bridge. It used to be a, a toll-paying bridge, and they they but not Waterloo it. Bridge. Not Waterloo Bridge because that's the Strand Bridge Company. Exactly. Well, because interesting. Well, it's it's probably not interesting, but of the the bridges that are managed by Bridge House Estates, Tower Bridge is the only one that doesn't go from the city of London to Southwark because technically it goes from Tower Hamlets to Southwark. Right. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. Thanks, thanks, mate. <laughs> no, I actually find that interesting yeah. because it is downriver of and further east. Yeah. Yeah, it's technically in the East End, mm. I guess. Absolutely, yeah, completely. Um, Although it does have the Lord Mayor of the City of London's crest all over it. Yes, that is also true. While we're talking about ships passing underneath it, by the way, basically... Almost any ship can request to have the bascules raised, the bascules yeah. rather. But there is one condition, which is that you basically have to have a mast or a superstructure on the boat, which is at least nine metres tall. Okay. Otherwise, let's be honest, you're wasting their time. <laughs> so that's... Uh, what is the distance at high tide between the water and the, the bottom of the bascules? Do you know? Off the top of my head, I... Don't I know that at high tide? Uh, I think the walkways are forty-four meters above the river at high tide. But I actually, I actually off the top, I don't know the clearance level. Oh, that's right. That's the fine. No, I was just interested. I was just interested if that number corresponded mm. or if it was just fairly arbitrary. Well, my my assumption. I mean, this must be the case that at high tide, if your mast is less than eight meters, you can fit underneath. Yeah. That must be the case. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But apparently, apparently, in in some cases, especially like tourist boats, have basically put faux, or like essentially, have put, you know, that mass, doesn't mass surprise on me at all. to artificially bump up the height of the vessel to yeah. make sure they have to raise the bridge. Of course. And nowadays, you have to give the the the, the bridge master twenty four hours notice, so they will more on traffic and put the 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 bridge lift on the on the website well, you, and everything. You have that, to charter it, don't you? Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't always the case, though. In, when they initially opened it, that's why they had so many more staff, because they were just on the lookout the whole time, and they could have to, have to raise the, the, the bridge at a little notice. 24-7 as well, I'd imagine, because it's yes. not like uh, oh, yeah. not like you can predict necessarily when a ship is going to come in Yes, uh, if, if it's been caught in weather or whatever. Absolutely. And they still have night shifts now for when they do sometimes need to, to raise the bridge. Well, it opened on night. New Year's Eve, didn't it? I don't know, did it? It did, yeah. It opened between uh, it opened at half eleven new on the thirty first of December and half midnight on the first of January. And uh, just off the top of your head, uh, we're recording this in January now. I believe it's the is it the sixteenth today? Is it the seventeenth? Seventeenth. It's not currently scheduled to be open until the 9th of June. Uh, I was I was about to come on to precisely this. In fact, yes, there is. That was literally my next point. I've oh, actually, sorry. No, I've got it here because <laughs> you go on because uh, as you might know on the official Tower Bridge website, they publish the bridge lift times. Well, that's where I found out. And you're absolutely right. The next time the bridge is officially scheduled to open is on Friday, the 9th of June, at three uh, thirty p.m. Silver, or silver cloud. Silver cloud. But there and uh, as the silver wind is has scheduled quite a few throughout the summer already. Hasn't yes. It? Yeah. Silverwind are going upriver on the 11th of June, downriver on the 13th of June, upriver on the 29th of June, downriver on the 30th, upriver on the 13th this of July, downriver on the 14th of July. When, when, and then a load more later on as well. This is the thing, is that when you tend to like be going over Tower Bridge quite a lot, you tend to recognise quite a few of the ships. Mm. So the paddle steamer Dixie Queen is uh, 
one of my favourites. And yes. I've always thought that it, or she, doesn't look tall enough to require the bridge lifting, personally. If it's nine metres. On average, over, sort of 40,000 people per day, on average. That's including pedestrians and so what's that per year users um hmm. can can you see where i'm angling with this do you want me to, <laughs> do you want me to work this out in my head or use a calculator use a calculator thanks mate so 40 times 365 and a quarter never forget the quarter is uh, how many zeros is that 14,610,000 which makes it a more visited tourist attraction than the london eye mic drop yeah, but people aren't visiting it as a tourist attraction, are they? They're using it as a functional utilitarian item to get them from one side of the bridge to the other. Yeah, but it's more visited than London Eye. Yeah, but I, the point is, I don't think those people. It's are more visited than London Eye. I don't think those people are visiting it as a tourist attraction. I just don't want the London Eye to be the most visited thing in London. Like, I'm sure if you look at how many people actually pay to use the Tower Bridge exhibit in the year, it would be much fewer. Yeah, Me- many Low. fewer, many fewer. Almost nobody. At least five. I he- I heard only three people did it last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's at least five. At least five. <laughs> and that's with the glass walkway, of course. As of 2014, yes. we've got the glass floor in the walkway. Yes, which has excited some people and terrified others. As most things do. Yes. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, sure, fine, if you want to go there. I'm just saying there is a range of different human experiences and emotions offer. Make sure you get a wide selection. Yeah. Right. I think that's the point I'm making. <laughs> I'm happy for that to be the point that I'm making. <laughs> One of my favourite things, I didn't, I, did, I haven't been to do it, uh, sadly, but you know, the, the, obviously because of the, the bascules are counterweighted, so they have these enormous chambers underneath that the, the counterweights swing into. Yes, and yes, they occasionally yes. do concerts and, and mm. things inside those. And apparently, if you if you work there and if you if you stand flush against the wall while the bascules are being raised, the counterweight will pass ten centimeters in front of your face. Oh my god! Which I imagine would be uniquely terrifying. That, that yeah, uniquely terrifying. That is a good phrase for that. Why would you do that? Well, because some people Fun. do a wide range of human experiences and emotions. Daredevils. Daredevils. And speaking of uh, daredevils, oh. stunts. Oh, okay. I see uh, where you're going with talk this. Talk about a few different things that have occurred on the bridge. Mr. Over, Gunter. Over the time. Mr. Gunter will come to. Should we start with Mr. Gunter? Well, we've go got for a few. It, since I've mentioned him. So, Albert Gunter, indeed. In De- We're talking December of 1952. Yep. He was driving the number 78 double-decker bus across the bridge, and that bus route still crosses the bridge to this day. He was driving the, the bridge along where, basically, there was um, a, a relief worker on, uh, which is how, how the uh, administrative error <laughs> was made in the first place. But basically, the South Bascule started to raise with his bus on it. Oh, no! And he had a split second... To either Basically, reverse a double-decker down a lifting arm. And he did what I like to think any of us would have done. He floored it and hoped he for the put best. put his foot <laughs> And so he basically jumped. It was a three-foot gap. That is huge. But he dropped six feet because the north bascule hadn't started to raise yet. Oh, my God. So the north and so, 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 I mean, just to put this in context, we're talking like a 14-ton vehicle here. Mm-hmm. That's dropping really... six feet without, yeah. you know... 
onto presumably a bascule that only really has a counterweight to hold it there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, dangerous stuff. It's terrifying. So, I mean, his, his bus was... Did was, he have passengers? He did have passengers on board, yes. He had uh, up to as many as 20 passengers, according to some reports. And some of them were injured, but nobody, nobody died. His bus was damaged, but, you know, it stayed in one piece. And uh, he made it across. And he was later given £10 <laughs> for his bravery. Which is what nowadays? A couple hundred quid? That's uh, a nice bonus. Nothing. If you, like, if you didn't know it was coming. But. It's a Christmas bonus. It happened in December. But. <laughs> I, the thing I think is the more important thing is that he got an anecdote that he could tell at dinner parties yeah. for the rest of his life. And he kept his job, presumably. If they oh, gave yeah. him a bonus for it, if Ooh. they gave him an award for bravery. He did, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Now, I was wondering if that was the only time somebody's actually jumped across the bascules, but uh, there is at least one other that I know of, um, uh, a motorbike stuntman called Robbie Madison. Okay. Uh, d- uh, did a backflip over it in 2009. No, uh, no, I actually remember this. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't yeah. remember it happening, but I've, I've now seen it on, uh, on no, I uh, YouTube. This. Other video websites are available. <laughs> Vimeo. Yeah, yeah, Daily Motion. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's impressive uh, if, you, if, you, if you see it. Watch it again. That's incredible. Was there not also like a, a military jet that flew between oh. the bridge and the... Oh, we're coming to that. Oh, we're don't coming you, to that. Well. I keep jumping ahead. We are coming to Flight Lieutenant Alan Pollock, don't you worry. Oh, is that his worry. name? That Flight Lieutenant Alan Pollock. Uh, there is also, of course, uh, what I refer to as the Bill Clinton incident. Oh, yeah, I know about this one as fun. Yeah. This one's fun. This is in 19, <laughs> 1997. Because this is the thing, because according to an act of parliament... River traffic always has right of way. Like river traffic always takes precedent over. Now I did not know road that. Traffic. Yeah, I did not know from, that. From fr- from the bridge's inception, the river traffic always takes priority, including in one case <laughs> if when, the U.S. president is going yes, over the bridge. Yes, in nineteen ninety seven, and Clinton and and Blair had just had lunch at, at uh, Pont de la Tour, and were cr- crossing back over Tower Bridge when it had to race because the the a, a scheduled. Boat was coming. They'd been delayed, I think, coming out of the lunch, and it split his motorcade. It's amazing. And this and, story is just classic. And apparently, like Scotland Yard phoned the bridge and were like, "What are you doing? Put it down." That's the, <laughs> that's the president. They were like, well, "We can't. I'm sorry. We've got <laughs> not until this barge has gone through." <laughs> and I heard that he took the opportunity. He took it in good humor. And he took the opportunity to go up to the control room and see what was going on. No, oh, no, okay, that I and didn't just, know. And just sort of like potter nice around. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go up there and just like play with other leaders, break it. It seems like a very Bill Clinton thing to have done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that, that's in character. Um, but they were Blair, by the way, had managed to get across. Yeah, he was on the other side. Sidebar that I'd forgotten about. Did you know they put? They at one point tried to put computer sensors in order that could be rem- lifted remotely. This was, I think, in the early 2000s, maybe 2002, they installed them. But they just didn't work. Like, oh. in 2005, four times in one year, it just got stuck for ages in the up position. Which is why it is always manned and Manual. it is always operated manually. I think I feel a lot safer, despite the 1952 story. Yes, well, Despite quite. the Albert Gunter story. Yeah. So we're gonna, we'll, we'll talk about Alan Pollock, because he was um, uh, one of the, the, probably the most famous person to have uh, flown underneath. But not the first... Oh. There have been many. The first... So, right, so, 1912. This Bl- Bloody hell. This is only nine years after the Wright brothers. Yeah. Uh, I've got a man called Francis McLean uh, flew a biplane through the bridge. And again, folks, just to, to clarify, when we say through the bridge, we're talking 
beneath the raised walkways, but above the bascules. Yeah, that, yeah that, the closed bascules. The yes, bascules in the closed position. So, threading the needle as twere. Sure. So, in 1912, uh, Francis McLean did it. In 1919, uh, an Australian uh, flight lieutenant called Sidney Pickles did the same thing, and it was then made illegal. Right, okay. Did that stop people? No. no. 1931. <laughs> well, clearly not. We haven't got to your flight left <laughs> well, yet. Well, exactly. 1931. Uh, so this is a uh, squadron commander called uh, Christopher Draper, who was nicknamed the Mad Major. And he was a <laughs> Mad Major. And he was a World War I flying ace. Okay. And in 1931, he flew, he flew through it in uh, what he just, you know, just sort of, I think he described himself as this kind of impulse of madness of just like, you know, he wanted to do it. Uh, wasn't punished. <laughs> received no punishment at all for doing this. Uh, well, the tr- well, presumably there was traffic on the bridge then. At the I time. think he made sure he wasn't going to endanger anybody. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But apparently, I think his mad ma- people often make sure that they're not going to his, endanger. I believe his nickname of the, as the of the Mad Major came from the fact that he had a penchant for flying under <laughs> like through bridges and under bridges and you know you name it. Uh, in as then again in 1951. Now this time it's a chemist from Chingford called. Fra- Wait. So this guy's not even a flying ace. Like all of the people <laughs> no. up until now. Yeah, exactly. A chemist from Chingford. An enthusiastic amateur. <laughs> he was called Frank Miller, no relation. And he was with his son. And it's kind of a lovely story. Apparently his son was egging him on to do this. And he was worried he'd get fined. But his son, like, cracked out his piggy bank and he had 35 shillings. And he gave him 35 shillings and he was like, well... I've got to do it now. The boy's going to give up 35 shillings. So he did it. And then got fined £100. So (laughs) 35 shillings was not much help. Yeah, he deserved it as well. (laughs) I have a question. Why is that kid... Got his piggyback. Were they flying to Hamleys? Like, what? Like, what? Well, maybe, he'd, maybe he promised he'd do that when they got home. Okay. Oh, I think he didn't even do it then. I think the whole, the whole, the whole scam orchestrated <laughs> by this kid. 1953, guess who's back? Uh, Albert back again. Gunter. No, it's the Mad Major. Oh, the <laughs> he, he just did it again in 1953 and, and still wasn't really punished. I think his, his, his pilot's licence was briefly revoked, but then they just basically gave it straight back to him. Like, it just nothing happened to him, which is particularly cruel when we come to Alan Pollock, which we're going to. Uh, now, so, this incident, this is the, the famous one that you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, 1960s, right? 1968. Yeah. Now, the, because, and the reason is, is because it was the 50th anniversary of the founding of the Royal Air Force. Right. That's basically why it happened. Because the Royal Air Force was founded on April Fool's Day, 1918. That's amazing. Yeah. By the way, we've got flying guns now. <laughs> April Fool's! Exactly. No, no, no. No, General, we actually... <laughs> we actually do have flying guns now. Sir! Sir! <laughs> Don't you turn your plane on me, sir! <laughs> so, uh, this is Flight Lieutenant Alan Pollock was upset about various... Different slights and things, but, but disgruntled, disgruntled, disgruntled man, and particularly about the fact that there was no official London flyby or anything organised to mark the very significant fiftieth birthday of the Royal Air Force, which he thought was very significant, and it, it is, and you know, it's um, you know, there, there should have been something organised, but there wasn't. I now, mean, they do a flyby for anything yeah. nowadays, don't they? Now he'd had a he'd had a 
he'd had a cold and he'd and he'd, he'd taken a lot of antihistamines. He'd had a bit of he'd had a bit of champagne at, at, at uh, the the, uh, the, the So what you're telling he me, he was both literally and figuratively high. Well, here's the thing: the, the antihistamines thing is important because we'll come back to this. Okay. So in flying as part of his squadron between two RAF bases, he went rogue. Basically, uh, they were flying overland at the time. He, he d- detached from the squadron, flew three times around the Houses of Parliament. Um, basically buzzed the MPs. They had to stop a session that was happening, um, and then and then continued along. And, and so, as he put it, you can if you, you you find it. There's a quite lengthy account by him about what happened. And uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said that he'd sort of forgotten that Tower Bridge was there until, <laughs> until he saw it, and then he had ten seconds of like instinct thinking time to decide what to do. Like in terms of. Instinct. <laughs> Ten seconds is quite a long sure, deliberation. Especially when time. you're a fighter pilot. Yeah, right? Like, yes. No. Do you know what plane he was in? Uh, it's a Hawker Hunter. Oh, oh, right. Okay. He was the first person to have flown through on a, in a jet. Yeah. Significantly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but the point is, it wasn't. And the last, right? Uh, Yes, yeah. Yeah. But the point is, it it wasn't premeditated. He hadn't decided, and now I shall fly through Tower Bridge. But he did in those 10 seconds. He was flying along the Thames, saw Tower Bridge, and then thought, and now I shall fly through Tower Bridge. Yeah, but like, Rob, if I went to court and said, I killed her, judge, but it wasn't premeditated. I thought about it for 10 seconds, but it wasn't premeditated. I'm just, I'm just... I had a think, 10 seconds, I took, I counted to 10, and I was like, no, I'm still going to kill her, I'm still going to kill her. I'm just telling her how it is, <laughs> alright? He didn't go, there. he didn't He didn't come here looking to fly through your damn bridge, right? Your damn bridge just happened to be there, <laughs> damned if he wasn't going to fly through the thing. It's a bridge, not a dam. Unbelievable. <laughs> So he did, he did, and uh, a sp- a sp- apparently a spokesman from the Port of London Authority said, it was a bloody silly thing to do. <laughs> I mean, he, he's not wrong, he's not wrong. Now, he got, now, needless to say, well, probably needless to say, when he landed, he was arrested. Yeah. And then do you know what happened to him? He was discharged. He was discharged on medical grounds. Uh-huh. Because they... Medical grounds. Well, this is the thing, they didn't want to give him a court-martial. And I think, I think, actually, a lot of public opinion was on his side. Right. And they were quite embarrassed about the whole thing. So they didn't, even though he requested a court-martial, and there was no reason why he shouldn't have had one, they wouldn't let him. And they basically, because he came down with pneumonia, it, like the cold turned in, that he'd had turned into pneumonia. Right. And they basically jumped on this, and the antihistamines he'd been taking, um, to take the opportunity to kick him out on medical grounds, basically. But at least it wasn't like a dishonourable discharge. Although I presume, like, it's not... It's not like he could rock up anywhere else to do with the military and nobody would have heard of him. No. I mean, it was all a bit of subterfuge. Like, apparently, they kind of, they kind of preempted the, the findings of medical board that hadn't even been convened. Right. <laughs> and they, I, think they, they, I think they claimed that his pneumonia might be aggravated by him having a court-martial and all this yeah. stuff. That was, it was very all flimsy. Right. It was flimsy at best. All right, yeah. It's not like you can schedule it until after he's recovered. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's pretty pretty clear what happened. Um, just uh, this this quote I really like. This is by uh, um, retired uh, squadron leader Plinston, who said at the time, "I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give you the first sentence of this quote, and then the second one. The first. I'm, sen- I'm glad you're gonna give the. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna have a pause in between. Okay, fine. So the first sentence is." What on earth is the matter with the youth of today? And I read that and I thought, oh, he's not happy. The second sentence is, 
In my day, we used to fly whole squadrons of airplanes through <laughs> bridges. <laughs> That's just a lovely swerve. <laughs> Incredible <laughs> U-turn. Uh, yeah. I, that is a black adder level U-turn. Yeah, isn't, like, it? isn't that lovely? I had no idea that that was coming. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, was, I was quite pleased. So presumably that. by youth of today, he's referring to the military police. <laughs> uh, just a, a, couple of, a couple of other things, one of which ties into uh, an old friend of ours, in fact. Famously, during the 2012 Olympic Games, they hung the big set oh, yeah, of yeah. Olympic rings. I really liked those. What I didn't realise, until I saw... I've, again, I have seen a video of it on the, the, the YouTube, or the video sites are available, is that they, they had to fold up when the bascules raised. Did you not realise that? I didn't realise. I did, ah, but had you seen Tower Bridge during 2012? Because if you had seen Tower Bridge during 2012, they were actually folded up for the majority of the time. Oh, okay, right. They were, they were folded up. I saw them folded up as much as I saw them, if not more, than I saw them folded down. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Uh, no, I wasn't Personal, Personally. And another I thing was only in London a couple of times during 2012, but... Sure. I lived here. I don't know how I didn't see it. <laughs> so I've just walked into a room and had a weird reincarnation. Like, I've lived here. <laughs> I have, I swear. In a previous life. You, sorry, this isn't a Lovecraft novel. Um, just to understand, because I know, yeah. explain, because I know you are immortal. Reincarnation is the idea that... Uh, no, 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 I know what reincarnation is. I just will never undergo it myself. We're having fun. If you're going to fight the Queen, do you also have to fight Herbert Morrison? <laughs> no, no, no. The Queen killed Herbert Morrison. Oh... Did you find out about what he did to Waterloo Bridge? Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. She'd be no. furious. Yeah, shipping it off a, a, across the Empire. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh. The other... Th- Paddy the Wanderer, unbelievable. The other thing <laughs> about the Olympics, and I wanted to bring this up because it uh, from a previous episode, so this is another instance of a vehicle flying through the bridge. Mm-hmm. They filmed a helicopter. So in actual fact, two helicopters flew through the bridge, one filming the other for Danny Boyle's opening ceremony. Right. Specifically for the, the skit of James the Bond and the Queen yeah, coming yeah. in by helicopter. What I didn't realise, because I would have mentioned it in a previous episode if I'd known, the person who jumped out of the helicopter and was the stunt double for the Queen, Gary Connery. No! Our old friend Gary Connery. Gary Connery. Cor- Cor- yeah, which Cor- if you're a regular listener, what? well, first of all, what's wrong with you? And secondly... <laughs> Same chap who jumped off uh, the London Eye. He, and also, it turns out he has been in Bond films. So, you know, really? the connection to Sean Connery is real, if not That's familial. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah? Um, I did not see that coming at all. I, uh, uh, on that skit, do you know, initially, because, uh, you know, uh, James Bond walks into Buckingham Palace yes. and finds the Queen writing at yes. his desk. Do you know, initially, that the Queen, in the initial screenplay, was just sat having tea? And the Queen suggested to Danny Boyle, should I not be doing something? (laughs) She didn't want to perpetuate the myth that she doesn't do anything. Exactly. (laughs) James Bond just walks in on her having tea. So she was sat right at a desk. And it was her that apparently wrote herself the line, are you ready, Mr Bond? Uh, Was that her only line? Yeah. Because apparently before that, she had no lines. Uh, Because they didn't want to like impose on the Queen learning lines. But the thing is, if she hadn't had any lines, like... It could have been. It could have been someone in good makeup, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it still could be. Even yeah, the line. Was... No, there, no you there you are. And um... ridiculous skit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
What I thought might be a nice thing to do to finish is to do one of my favourite things to do with Tower Bridge, which is just to watch it, because as you're probably aware, Leo, there is a live 24-hour-a-day webcam always pointing at Tower Bridge. I did not know did this. You not? I genuinely had no idea. Listeners, we, Leo and I, are now watching a live feed of Tower Bridge. This is amazing. I- yeah. And you wanted to show me this earlier, but you said, oh, I've got... Yeah, you teased me. I did, yeah. You teased no, me with no, this it's, it's gradually gone dark over the past uh, That's hour. amazing. So you've been sat here talking about Tower Bridge um, with it in front just, of you Just keeping an time, eye on it. <laughs> watching the sunset. Well, not watching the sunset, because the, the camera is facing east. Um, so you, the sunset would have happened behind the camera. Um, but, but I had no idea about this, Rob. This has ah. really made my day. Where yeah. can I go to see this? Uh, the the web web address, if you, if you want it as well at home, folks. Again, there's only one person listening to this. There's not... Yeah. <laughs> this where I'm on it is, is on visitlondon.com. But if you just Google the phrase Tower Bridge webcam, you'll find it very, very easily. And it's 24 hours a day. So, you know, if you want something nice and relaxing, a sort of background screensaver-ish uh, type thing. I mean, it's only it going at, at, say... Ten frames a second. So if you are a uh, if you if you are, if you are a frames per second fiend, if it, you're a, it won't if, be relaxing at all. If you're a purist in that regard, I had no idea about this. This is awesome. Yes, yeah. I'm and, not, I'm and, not quite sure why. And indeed, you can see Canary Wharf in the background, which is kind of weird in a way, considering where we're sat. Well, it is. It has been odd watching the sky outside and the sky on this <laughs> at the same time. It's yeah, strange. I bet. Yeah. Again, my home address is. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone has by now triangulated where you live. <laughs> or at least an area. It's like yeah. he's within this. Yeah, well, um. Oh, have you got something else? There's there's just one more thing. It's probably not a good thing to end on, but I just forgot to mention it earlier. I didn't know this. So as you're coming off the bridge at the north side to the Tower of London, there's a row of lampposts on either side. Uh, yes. Did you know about this? Well, I, I know of the lampposts. Ah, did you know that one of them isn't a lamppost? I did know this! Yeah, it's yeah, It's a yeah. chimney. I do know one this. One of the lampposts, it's disguised to look like a lamppost, is a chimney, is a chimney yeah, yeah. going to a disused guard room in the Tower of London. I absolutely did know that, and it's awesome, isn't it? I'd never, I didn't know. I'm looking forward to going there and seeing it myself, now that I know about it. Oh, fantastic. No, there's all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, bank stations, ventilation shafts are quite often disguised as mm. like parts of the architecture <laughs> around that area. Um, you know, one of them is really obvious, but there are a couple of elsewhere that you can spot if you know what you're looking at. Cool. Well, I thank you for sharing. That's, that's uh, right. with that's me. Right. I had no idea. About I this. only regret I, that I didn't start by sharing it with you, yeah, so we I could feel, have monitored it together for the whole time. I feel like you should have opened with this, and, and then we could have talked about it with a visual cue in front of us. But um, <laughs> I'm not going to be bitter about it. I'm not bitter. I wanted a little. I wanted a little surprise for you at the end. Oh, it was treat. really nice. A little really final nice. treat. And I had forgotten about you teasing me with the video at the beginning, so ah, I, I, I did. I had forgotten it was coming. Well. A lovely Leo treat. <laughs> a lovely Leo treat. A lovely Rob treat. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining us, um, listener. Um, my name, as always, has been uh, Leo, and this has been... My name forever will be Rob Frimston. Well, there we go. Uh, and uh, this has been By The Way. By The Way. By The Way. I really honestly can't. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm sorry.
Have you battered somebody with a cricket bat? I've certainly chased a man with a cricket bat. Hang on. You've chased a man who had a cricket bat? No, I've you chased, chased a, man. a man and you had a cricket bat. I've chased a man wielding a cricket bat myself. No. No, hang on, that doesn't, that doesn't, that, that still I put the word, I put the word myself on the end of the sentence there, Rob. You know I So did. you have chased a man whilst you yourself are wielding a cricket bat. Yes. Yeah. Why? He angered me. 